All right, welcome and welcome back, Towners. We're your hosts, Deanny Roger and Nicole Mendurton. And this is Boomtown Stories. Real professional. Professionale. Mm, I love that. Say. Yeah. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. I should know how to say that in French. I do not. Do they te- teach you that like right away? I've had seven years of French. I okay, should just know it. Yeah, that's a lot of years. Yeah. yeah. I have had my whole life of Spanish. Yep. We're mm-hmm. both still unilingual. <laughs> just the one. So sad. I'm going to get it together. when. when and not know. even great at English, if we're honest. all right you guys well uh thank you for joining us again today i was really about to say we're your hosts already did that part i'm tightening it back up Mm -hmm. this is a comedy interview podcast where we interview wonderful people from all over this beautiful beautiful world and we talk to them about so many things we try to get the good the bad and the funny yeah yeah I just want to apologize you guys I'm not with it uh I literally just got finished having an encanto like a full-on encanto induced breakdown so (sighs) you didn't emotionally I'm just still not with it it's not even my first time seeing it I just yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to watch it again, and I know I'm going to cry again. Yeah. But you did not prepare me for that. I was not ready. Such a good movie, guys, though. Go watch it. All ages. Just ugh, so powerful. Well, you know, I saw a thing, and it was like, the thing about Encanto is that there's not actually a bad guy. There's not a villain. Mm. Like, the bad guy in Encanto is generational trauma mm-hmm. and, like, undealt with, like, personal issues. And I was like, we can yeah. all relate. Like, it was too real. It got too real. But it was Lisa started singing that song about not wanting to be strong anymore. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, yeah, oh. lost it. Lost oh. it. Lost it. And well, I don't know their names, but the other sister uh, who was perfection was like, oh, what else can I do? Like, I'm like oh my God. I didn't know I could make anything else. I thought it all had to be rosy. Yeah. I didn't know I could do other things. What? Trying to stay and, in this perfect little box was yes. getting me nowhere. Yes. Oh. I was like, and then you get to the end and they're like, do you see you? And I'm like, probably not still. <laughs> Dang it. And then Knox is just coming up to me, just continuously looking my face like, I love you and your sadness tastes delicious, but we should probably move forward. Conclusion of our movie review podcast. Yes. <laughs> Please join us next week where we will discuss Coco. Another Disney movie that traumatized me. Oh my God. That was a good one too. Traumatized? Violently weeping after <laughs> I saw that movie. Like Taylor came home and he was like, oh my God. He's like, is everything okay? You were fine when I left. Like, did somebody die? Like he, and I was like, the movie was just so, like he didn't even know I was watching. Like it was a hot mess. So. Pretty powerful stuff. The songs are jamming too. That drip, oh. drip, drip. Yes. Yes. I was like, is it drip, drip, drip or dip, dip, dip? But it know. is true. But we don't it's... talk about Bruno. No no, 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 no. And I was like, we all have a Bruno in our family that we don't talk about. Ooh. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> I will possibly cut it out. Okay. Um, okay, so each week we 
choose a different specialty cocktail. I've been calling them specialty cocktails. I don't know if that's. I mean, I, they, they feel special in my heart. Okay. Perfect. These are not cocktails that you're going to have every day. It's not like we're doing, uh, I was going to say, it's not like we're doing G and T's. We did do that disgusting paint gin and tonic. But it had a twist to it. Yeah. It was special in a bad yeah. way. Um, we're not doing like crown and Coke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or a seven and seven. Like we're doing something a little bit more special. So yeah. Yes. And Diani um, chose this time. What we'll we drinking. We are drinking a devil's margarita. Real quick before we get going. Mm-hmm. I went to go look it up. And was scrambling and panicking because I accidentally looked up Devil's Martini. And I was like, this is not at all what I remember. How did I mess this up so bad? I was like, I know I have all the ingredients. I'm pretty sure I remember how to make it. Why is this? And I was like, the picture doesn't look how I remembered. I am a little nervous. As always, I didn't follow the instructions right, but I did get the floater this time. There we go. That girl. worked out. That worked out this time. So I'm proud. Um, I can look at my glass and tell you right now that I put too much floater and uh, I have stuff to do after this. So I'm praying that I don't end up Ooh. super intoxicated, but I guess we'll see how it goes. You know, <laughs> Michelle, if I get drunk and ruin your birthday, I'm apologizing in advance. So next week when you hear this, you'll know what happened. You could never ruin anyone's birthday. You would make it a good time. <laughs> she doesn't drink. Oh uh, yeah, I know. I remember that. I don't think that dealing with drunk people when you're sober is fun. That's true, actually. That is, you might be going to something. Yeah. All right, you guys. Well, we live far apart. So we like to do a drink reveal and see um, how really how how far apart the cocktails are it's very rare that we see how close together they are they almost never look the same so um you ready to reveal yep one two three you guys banging it's like so close it's so close it's they would be the same if i hadn't put so much wine in mine i think mine looks equal parts you know what i mean yeah yours does i'm i'm scared okay let's try this Mine's just going to taste like red wine because my floater's an inch deep. Okay, that's actually delicious. Oh, I like that. I like that. The wine with these liquors keeps scaring me. I'm like, there's no way this is going to be good. There's no and way. Is. And then it's delightful. Why are you? Diani's going back in for a, for a second gulp, you guys. Let me not throw you under the bus. Yes. Yeah. right? Sip. Yes, a second. Now set. I'm going for third. Now I'm going for third. <laughs> it's pretty good though. It's pretty good. I'm gonna give this a thumbs up. I love margaritas and I love red wine. So I don't know what psycho put these two things together, but someone just I'm- like us. <laughs> Probably sitting around uh, being like, I wonder what would taste good. Probably these. Mm. And they were right, and we should thank them. Yeah, they're actually a genius. So. Okay, have you been up to anything that is of of note? (laughs) Uh, Nope, I am just organizing my apartment. (laughs) One day it will be done, but I I organized my closet, so I'm very happy about that. I am a little sad that it's like basically the only place that no one will see. I was supposed to do that today and forgot. I watched Encanto in my free time. I mean, that's instead of doing any of my errands. Solid solid choice no 
Um, all right. Well, I do know something that I am uh, dying to tell the podcast about. It's not as good as last week when I took my shirt off and got scolded by the nurse, but um, it is one of my favorite things that's happened so far in life. My husband was at the gym working out and I'm like, what is taking you so long? Cause we have lunch together. And <laughs> he's like, this guy is talking to me. I'm sorry. Like I got held up. And I was like fixing to go off. I didn't, you know, growth. And <laughs> and so later he comes and he's like, oh yeah, I forgot to tell you. The guy gave me a card. He was like, he's into like weed in the Bible. And I was like, wait, what? And he was like, yeah. He like invited us to come. And I was like, he did what? And so he passes me the card. Um, and the guy's name is definitely Prophet Ken, spelled K-I-N. And it's definitely an invitation to a cult so um we're not gonna go you guys but I think you should that just brought so much joy. no I, I worry about my husband he might get caught up um but it brought a lot of joy to my soul I really want you guys to go and like give me the scoop you I'm want always- me to go because you're nasty yes <laughs> absolutely okay I- I'll, I'll go no I will go like we can okay. go if you will go to one in LA. How am I going to find one? Go to a Scientology thing. No, they, I think they trap you there. <laughs> That's not a good way to go to. You know, you know, I don't know, not that one. Oh, but I'll be on the lookout. I mean, I we know. both live in places where cults thrive. Like Texas, mm-hmm. we all remember Waco. Texas and California or Oregon, you just bop up, you know? How do you like tell people you're looking to join a cult? I think in California, if you just put it out there, somebody would be like, oh, hey, my best friend's cousin's girlfriend is actually a member of one. I'll get you the information. Don't say you're looking for a cult. Just be like, I'm feeling lost and I'm really seeking like truth. Okay. Towners, if you know any (laughs) organizations to join, please let us know. (laughs) Okay. I guess is here. Are we ready for that? Um, I think so. If we go and, and visit with Prophet Ken, I'll let y'all know. But if my mom is listening, she already knows I'm not going to go. Like, it's fine. I'm not going to go. Yeah, we're not, I mean, you're not going like, to get into it. But you're going to go because I need to scoop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going recording the whole time. Like, hey, yes. yes. I love it. Hey, Tommy. What's up? What's up? I have to turn my Game of Thrones off. Ooh, what season are you on? Four. The end of four. Okay, it's still good. It's still good at the end of four. Okay. He has been mentioning Game of Thrones (laughs) in every sentence that he can. (laughs) Every sentence that he can. Yeah, I got my Game of Thrones mug and everything. What's in the what's in the mug? What are we drinking? This is just the chaser. This is just to mellow out the um cognac. Oh, I was like, you guys, his chaser's really big. He has a mug of a chaser. It is huge. But that glass of cognac's not small. So I respect it. I respect it. Very large as well. I respect a midday cognac. Can I just say that? Like, just. Well, I mean, I, like that. I was thinking like, what do I want to drink? I don't want to be drinking wine on camera. No one's even going to see that. We talked. Well, about- no, I'm just talking about me. I just don't want to be drinking okay. wine on camera. Okay. Not that it's not, uh, not that it, nobody should be drinking wine on camera. It's not a rule. 
I just don't want to be drinking wine. It's too late. You said drinking wine on camera is a no-no. That's definitely a rule. And we're writing it down now. Yeah, it's definitely going in my book. Well, Tommy, this is my best friend, Sinead. Sinead, this is Tommy. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. Thank you for agreeing to do this. We appreciate it. Yeah, I'm excited. I was um, drawn in by the mystery. I was like, she was like, yeah, we just interview people. And I'm like, so what y'all be talking about? She was like, them? I was like, oh, well, I got a lot of shit to talk about. So we usually start off, just tell us where you grew up and what it was like growing up. Um, Well, I grew up in L.A. Um, Very blessed, I must say. I'm not spoiled. Some people will call it spoiled, but I'm not. Um, I am an only child, though, so I got all the attention. Um, I was homeschooled from kindergarten to fifth grade, so I'm smarter than you guys. And um, and then um, sixth grade went to um, a public school in Inglewood and got in a bunch of fights and it was a bad bad year. My teacher got um, put on like permanent leave, so we had like substitutes for like um, like maybe like three months in a row or something. Like they would like turn off the lights and like throw the throw shit at the substitute teacher and. It was really wild. It was really, really wild. What made you end up not doing homeschooling anymore? Um, well, it was a transition time, you know, fifth grade to sixth grade. That's when um, you, you know, go to middle school or whatever. And I was just like interested in like being around more kids during the day. Um, I hung out with my friends on the block or whatever. Um, it was like two kids that lived across the street. And then one of my best friends that lived next door. And so, like, that was just, like, who I hung out with every day. Or maybe my best friends that lived up the street, like, down a few blocks or whatever. Um, But I was interested in, like, a social, like, climate. Like, I I remember my friends coming home and, like, their friends from school calling them and talking about some shit that happened at school today. I was like, I want that. Like, I want to be able to talk to people about things that happen outside of this group of friends. And then also just interested just in the mystery of, like, what it's like to be at a school. You know, like with lockers and textbooks that you got to put in your backpack and bring home and shit. Like it was so different. And I was excited about that. I'm 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 like really into like taking on like new experiences. So it was one that at a very early age I was excited about. And I got a lot more than (laughs) than I was gambling for that sixth grade year in um, Inglewood. And I mean, it's not like I didn't grow up in this same area I grew up in Inglewood and for a while I was homeschooled my mom lived she was married to somebody they lived in um, Inglewood so I grew up in that neighborhood it it wasn't foreign to me it was just the social climate of somebody badass kids at school you know starting shit and my smart mouth and then just getting in trouble with teachers too that was different you know my mom being my teacher for all my life and then now somebody who don't have to have any real investment in me teaching me and you know trying to influence me and trying to control me every day it was new and i was not good at it (laughs) (laughs) so wait did you get your act right oh like after sixth grade like did it take you a while to adjust or were you fighting the whole time seventh grade another really big change um i went to school i changed schools i went to school in el segundo um and if you guys are from la or familiar with la at all el segundo is a very white boy beach city and actually if you go back far just a few years ago maybe like 30 40 years ago 
is very Mayberry, very racist, um, uh, very, well, not racist, but prejudiced. And then if you went exploring, you'd find out who was racist in the neighborhood. So it's a very newly progressive town, but a lot of white, wealthy families. That experience was really, really like, it exposed me. You know, I feel like I've seen it all and hung out with all different kind of creeds and backgrounds and all that. One memory that sticks out to me the most in middle school was, or maybe that was, yeah, that was high school. Um, but I went to El Segundo Middle School and high school. But uh, one of my friends, Sean Francesco, I was working on a, a English project and I was in a group with him and a few other of his friends, right? And it was kind of odd mix up, I guess, just like the numbers in the class and them like, oh, Jordan's kind of funny. Let's put him in a group. Like, that would be cool to hang out with him. Um, we weren't really friends or anything. We didn't hang out in the same groups, but we went over his house to work on the project and I'm walking down his driveway to his front door of this like huge mansion on the corner of some house in El Segundo. And we go upstairs, this big ass fucking house, right? Go upstairs to his room, chilling. They throw something on the fucking TV. We really just chilling and like, just like brainstorm bullshitting about like, all right, what's this project gonna be about? Like, what are we gonna actually do? Da 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 da. His mom walks in. She's like, "Hey, I'm getting Rinaldi's for everybody. You guys know what you want." He was like, "Just get the usual shit, bitch. The fuck." What? <clears throat> My what? All the way open. Nuh-uh. So I'm like, you know, <laughs> I grew up in LA, like, and I and I I have a black family, like, you don't tell your mom. <laughs> No, you don't live. You don't live after that. Even when you start to think that, they can see when you're thinking some dumb shit like yes, that. Yes, yes. Like, What's this attitude I'm feeling from you? Change your attitude. Change right. your demeanor. So, um, so like that was a, you know how we we kind of, not kind of, but the stereotype about white people and how they talk to their parents and shit. I got a full view, firsthand view of that shit. I know that shit is real. His, his mom is half black and Jewish, so he has a little black in him. And I just thought that was just like kind of wild, like in this white ass neighborhood, that's how you talk to your mom in this fucking huge ass mansion. I would never, I would never dream of it. If uh-huh. I dream about it, my mama would beat me. <laughs> if there was a look, I, I know, because at one time my mom was like, she's almost slapped my teeth out of my mouth because I looked at her wrong. Like My mom would put me out of the house at three years old. Cause I told her I didn't want to wear an outfit. I said I was gonna go find a new family, and she said, "Okay, go." That's the only thing I do remember about my childhood is that I got put out. I was wearing my Big Bird nighty. No, ma'am. <laughs> and she put me out for a few minutes. My mom did the same. She said, "Um, she tells me this story. I was a toddler. She said I wouldn't. She said I started having a tantrum, and she was like, i 'I'm not gonna respond to this shit. I'm not about to whoop your ass in public.'" Um, make me look like an asshole, right? So she said she just walked away from me. Now she walked, you know, she walked down the aisle and like stood at the end of the aisle, right? And she like, she like watching me peeking out, you know, from behind some dove soap or some shit. And then uh, she said she was just watching me. She said, eventually I stopped, you know, crying and look around like, you know, where the fuck she go? <laughs> and then she said, she just let me sit there for a little bit confused. Like, nigga, stop throwing these fucking tantrums trying to embarrass me in this fucking store. And then she walked over and she was like, you gonna chill the fuck out? Right. <laughs> you, know? you done yet? You done with all that? So what what was your high school experience like? Were you out partying? Um, 
let's see. At some point, yeah, I did. You know, jerking was really popular when I was um, in high school. So that whole house party scene in L.A., very fun, very intriguing. Um, and I got, I think I got a fair share of it. I wasn't really that wild as I, I guess I come off now. If I mean, D, you've seen me at a party, so <laughs> you know. <laughs> You know, I like to celebrate. I like to celebrate. Let's just say that. I'm not wild, wild, but I am. I have a good time. (laughs) But um, I think I don't think I started going to parties until like maybe like sophomore year or something like that. Maybe before then it was like, you know, like people's birthday parties and shit, like in their backyard or something. But I didn't drink. um, I didn't smoke all the things I do now. <laughs> so I think the dopest party I've ever been to though in LA was like, um, you guys know the Baldwin Hills area where like these huge like mansions and it's like, they used to be uh, wealthy black people used to live um, in these big houses that are like in the hills of like right outside of Inglewood. So it's like right smack in the middle of like, black was that a show on mtv at one point yeah yeah Yeah. okay okay i was like something about that seems really familiar i'm in texas but now i know what you're talking about it was like a hate love experience with that show because like everybody from la was like it was really cool to see la like that part of la on display but it was a lot of fake shit (laughs) some people wasn't even from there like like you live in the jungles like the fuck off this show no so it was in Baldwin Hills it was in Baldwin Hills and um and like the the space was huge right and these these homes were built in like the 70s I think so they have like this very like funky um vibe to them but the backyard was like over a cliff of LA and we in there jerking and just twerking and tooting and booting and shit to YG and not even YG yet, like fucking them old groups, like, uh, what was it called? Power Rangers and uh, Vixen ENT and D-Lo. Oh, shit. Y'all got to get, I'm going to send y'all some some California music. I don't know Please do, because you just listed stuff that I have never, never heard of. Never heard like, of. I feel so lame right now. I thought I was going to at least know one. Some of the most ratchet lyrics I've ever learned. I'm not really big on rap lyrics. Like, I, I listen to music more for the music than the lyrics sometimes. So like, especially like with rap, if I'm not really paying attention to hear everything they saying, most likely I'm just listening to the music, right? But back in like those jerking days, that nigga said, miss me, kiss me, now she wanna lick me, seductive. Got me walking around with a stiffy, hickeys. Let her know that she with me. She pinned me on the wall, had me screaming like, with me. (laughs) I feel like I've heard that before. That sounds familiar. Something. That was one that kind of, I think they was Cold Flames. That that one got kind of big. They had a little video on BET and shit. I'm going to have to look these people up because I don't, none of these names sound familiar. That jerking era, like, that was, it was everything. Like, the whole clothes, like, everybody started wearing skinny jeans. Like, you could wear, like, the most, like, flamboyant fucking color skinny jeans ever. And then, like, sag and, like, beard. <laughs> like, this- <laughs> LA sounds like it was different from Texas around that same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But but in, in his defense, we're there now. Oh, yeah, it just took us right like 20 yeah. years. It's fine. Right back around. But what was so good about this party? Um, it was just ratchet. Like, it was just, I don't know. Um, like, you felt like at any moment, 
somebody could start shooting. But it was like really bad bitches in the room. So you wanted to stay and dance, you know, like it was like an edge to it like that. There was like a beauty and a danger. Yeah. And then we in this fucking bomb ass black owned mansion, which is kind of like, why the fuck y'all fucking up y'all auntie house? <laughs> like this. It was just fun. Like it was a line. You had to pay to get in. I was there probably trying to meet up with some girl that I thought was cute or whatever. Um, so it was just a lot of high school um shenanigans. Yes, exactly. All jumbled up into one really nice bomb ass house. I don't I, I still don't think I was drinking then though. So Oh really? Well, I mean, that's still high school. Okay. Well, not your personal experience, but that's fine. Let's keep it pushing. We didn't have to say that. We didn't have I to. Did. We did. I didn't have to. Well, actually, um, so in middle school, before I got to high school, of course, right? Naturally. <laughs> in middle school, <laughs> I, um, I was um, suspended with this group of kids because we were drinking. So it's not, I, but I wasn't like drinking, like, you know how people, kids who drink at parties, like, yeah, I had like a few cups. Like I wasn't drinking. I probably didn't even have no cups after that. But um, this girl brought like a bunch of random liquor in like, you know, like those, you remember Propel, Propel water and how that thick, uh, the thick uh, plastic, like you can't see through it. So you could put anything in there. You could put Coca-Cola and it just looked like Propel water. Like it was a thick plastic. So you couldn't see what was inside of it. She just put a whole bunch of random liquors from her parents' cabinet in there. And then um, like was passing that shit around. So I was one of the people that took a sip from the motherfucker. Cause I was like, oh shit, this bitch got liquor. And I'm like, <laughs> I was like, I was like the, I was like the fat kid that was so funny that you didn't really, you couldn't pick on me and I was kind of cool too. And I was talented. So like, I was always around like any, I could, I could go to any group and hang out. I could sit at damn near any table at lunch and shit like that. But I had my own group that I was with. Now the group I hung out with were like all the black kids that were like, from LA and from Inglewood that were coming over to this school too. And we was either there on permit, which means you had to keep your grades up, you couldn't get in trouble and shit, or we lived in that neighborhood, right? Right. So um, I had an aunt that lived in that, um, in that town. So I used her address. Niggas sometimes would have to go to her house sometimes in the week. After school, I would go to her house every day and then my mom would pick me up from her house just to throw shit off and shit like that. Yeah, because they put people in, jail in a lot of trouble for doing yeah, that. Which is not okay. Like, it's I really want my good. kid to have a better education. The address is written. Somebody lives there that we know. And the API score difference was like something like 200 like points. And that's yeah. like nuts. If, you, if, if I come from a middle school that the API, or I live in an area where the API score for this middle school is like 600. Uh, 700 that's like terrible and then you go right like 10 minutes away on a freeway and their api scores in the 800s like fuck I am, to go there i'm not familiar with this api score. there's a way they score um the uh, way they average out the test scores at in um okay. in schools in california well also but the thing is the problem the main problem is that schools should not be funded from area taxes everybody's taxes should be split evenly among the number of schools and then it wouldn't matter what zip code you lived in 
but nobody wants to do that. So. And like I told you, this prejudice ass town, they are, they knew what they was doing. They have their own school district. So right outside of the largest school district in like the country, LAUSD is this little tiny school district that has one middle school, two elementary schools and a high school. By themselves. Like and, you could have very easily. And mansions and throughout the city and, you know. On purpose. Very upper middle class. Um, but yeah, so uh, that was the first time I got caught drinking. Wait this a minute. In middle the school. first time you got caught drinking? Or that was the first time I, I, I was drinking, but I got caught, you know? So that's how it happened. Like, it wasn't like I was out drinking at a party and I just came home, right? Um, so this was in school? Yeah, we was at school. The girl brought the bottle to school. Oh, oh wait, wait, like and during school hours too? Like not oh, like yeah. oh. oh no. Walking in between periods. Um I because you know, like the word gets the word got out by like maybe like Reese uh, like the first like snack period, right? So, yeah. so um so I saw them in between classes and I think I had maybe had a class with a few of them or somebody, you know, that had some of the liquor or that had the bottle. And um, so I was like, hell yeah, I'm gonna have some of that shit at lunch. Da, 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 da. So I think like after one of our periods, we just, you know, in inside one of like the hallways or something. Yeah. And I, I got the bottle and was like, took a sip of it. I was like, ah, that's gross. Like whatever, you know, oh, I'm lit. Like, and then most people only took a sip and was just like yeah. acting lit, you know what I mean? Because- yeah. Well, you're in middle school, like- Right. And, but you know what? I've taken a shot like now as a drinker your first shot you can get a little buzz i was like it, it hits different it really right does. now i was in middle school never had liquor before in my life and like she mixed everything in her she don't know what she she didn't know that's what she was thing. doing yeah, so it was dark liquor light liquor probably some blue motherfucking liquor right. yeah you know it probably put every motherfucking thing in there so wine and shit probably like <laughs> we in here alcohol poisoning now, one girl, I think she did get alcohol poisoning, so that's why um, it was such a big deal. And we got suspended and shit like that. It was a, it was a big deal. How and much did I, she drink? She drank a lot. She drank a lot. One thing that I can't forget, which was like, it shows how disgusting kids and boys can be um, that are raised by terrible people. They were like, they had their hands in her pants as she was like walking down the stairs. This girl is in middle school. And I remember seeing that and being like, damn, I, I remember these names, you know, people going to remain, remain nameless, but I remember these. Uh-uh, exact- call them out. We going to find them. Y'all deserve <laughs> to be tried for your crimes. You were a disgusting 12 year old. And I think that you should live with it. That's nasty. <laughs> I want to ruin your life now. <laughs> yeah, yo, uh, it was, uh, it was, they were a little wild. That's horrible. That's horrible. Okay, so no. what happens though? Let's. Um... No, I'm mad. Name these names. Make a list. Hey. FBI, you listening? So, so I got a good, I got a good, a good story for you, and it kind of brings us kind of toward the end of high school. Um, my first time smoking. Oh, these let's are go. my favorite. Yes. These are my favorite. Yes. All right, let's go. Now, D, you know how I am. Mm. Every time I show up, I got my, I got my pack, I got my roll ups. You know, I'm taking a couple trips outside at least, right? It's a a big pack, too. That's how everybody sees me now. But there was such a longer period of my life where um, I used to hang out with my my best friends in middle school and high school were, like, 
turn up people. Like, and I mean, like days where she was like, uh, Jordan, which is my real name, by which the I way. No well, Tom, I, I hate saying that. It's not my real name. Jordan is my first name. Yes. So she, she like, Jordan, these are the pills I'm taking today. If anything happened, just know I took, da, 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 right? Oh. I'm like, okay, whatever. Right. But that was my, that's how like turned up they would be. And that's how regular it was. And I would drag them a little bit. I would be like, I would like, you know, do little shit, like pull up a video of somebody that, that was like uh, hooked on drugs or some shit and show up like pictures of them and shit. Like be like, that's what you're going to fucking look like. But all right. You know, shit like that. Like I was really like, I was really a advocate for not smoking, not drinking, you know, um, and not that I, Variety, living right. Yeah. Well, I don't think it was even that deep. I think I was just like, we don't need that to have a good time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, um, but I was also kind of more mature for my age. I was kind of like, if that's what you do, that's cool. You know, and it don't, I'm not offended by it. Like some people will be just like, you know, like narcs and like little fucking like weirdos and scared now i would be scared sometimes because like where we like we go to the park and then they like pulling out some weed pulling out um so they would take like a pin top you know like a big pin top uh-huh. and then like the uh, metal part of the eraser uh-huh. so they take the eraser out and the pen right i mean a pencil like a number two pencil uh-huh. and take that little metal piece uh-huh. and stick it inside the um inside the pin cap and then they will put weed inside the pen cap and smoke it like a piece. Oh. I think that science is too hard for me. Why? I don't, mm-mm, go back. I you, don't couldn't, you couldn't, like in high school, you couldn't have a, like a pipe. Oh, and you couldn't buy, okay. That, okay. So they, were going, they would go and buy the weed at oh. school from the school drug boy. And then after school, and now sometimes they would roll a blunt and that's what I did. And um, I took that to Baltimore. They was like looking at me like I was a scientist or some shit. Like I yeah, saw that it. Is. I'm like, who came up? With the well, I'm still trying it. to figure it out. So we got this part. Yes. Right. Right. And then you take the, the metal part. Now take that, take that top, that top part, little sm- small part and this bend part it over and make it look like an L. So this part goes this way. To, yeah. This is my husband's pen. I'm not going to mess it up, but it goes this way. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then that's how you hold it. Right. Oh, oh, and it looks like a little pie. No, the other way. Other way, put the other part in your mouth. This part. Uh-huh. And then, so you would suck that part, and then the metal piece of the pencil would go in the other part to keep the plastic from melting. Oh, y'all smart. That is high-level degeneracy. Y'all That's smart. intelligent. That is. That's intelligent, weird. y'all. That's what happens when you go to middle school and high school with white kids that are, are privileged. Genius. Genius. Or- or maybe a little carcinogenic because you know it's still plastic that's it's getting terrible hot. it's terrible but but it was just it was just the it experimentation worked. that they're doing with drugs at that age yeah said but it worked okay and i'll be sitting there with them like y'all niggas wow like, wild y'all really doing all this y'all niggas ain't gonna have no lungs i'm gonna live longer than all y'all i'll be dragging them and shit like that right um y'all not gonna have no lungs <laughs> Yo, and I had some really fun friends. So like, I I, I cherish those times too. But um, so the first time I smoked, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, like how I just described to you, like, mm, 
I ain't really, you know, but they was like, Jordan, you got to do it. We're in, um, I was at a five-week program in Berkeley College of Music. I'm a musician, singer-songwriter. Um, I've been playing piano since I was like seven, taking lessons since I was seven. So um, uh, now I was like entering this program to kind of, it's like a booster, like like a summer program for musicians to go in and come out with like some more skills and talents, right? Um, or more refined skills and talent. So, um, but it's like damn near like living on a college campus because you are actually staying at the college campus, Berkeley. That's in Boston, uh, Massachusetts. Um, that's Massachusetts, right? Boston, Massachusetts. Yeah, I think so. Sounds right to me. I don't know geography, but that sounds right. I definitely agreed like I knew. And I too don't know geography. I was like, yeah, no, that's it. Boston, that's, yeah, 100%. Sounds right. Sounds right. <laughs> But um, but yeah, Berkeley is um, is the is like a, a performing arts uh, conservatory, a music conservatory, and so um, people like John Mayer went there, and um, Esperanza Spalding, like they're really famous for put, putting out uh, great talent. Um, so I was excited about it. I had a scholarship that I won for being the musical fucking genius that I am. And then, um, like my church family, they, um, we wrote them all letters and that, you know, uh, asking them to help me, you know, with like the expenses. So like, you know, like just the living kind of stuff. Right. Um, but that was a really fun, dope ass experience. And we took Wait a, a trip. Minute. Wait a minute. So your church helped you get there. Yeah. I, and I then you got a, there and experimented with drugs for the first time. Yes, with their money. I just want proud of it. Proud. And 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 before, oh no, that was before I went to college. One of my one of my aunts from the church, um, she told me before I went to college, she was she looked at me in my eyes. I knew what she meant because she how she looked at me. She said, "Cause I told you I wasn't really a bad kid. I wasn't really rebellious. I didn't really have too many like problems or anything growing up. Like other than just like you know like normal teenage." parent issues, you know, or getting in trouble at school, um, stuff like that. But um, she said, she looked at me, she said, Jordan, have a good time. She was like, don't get so caught up trying to do so good and do so much that you don't enjoy life. And when she said life like that, I was like, oh, she's saying go out there and explore a little nigga. Get your dick wet, in other words. Is that what she said? I don't think that's what she's saying, like, but it's it, it's it's leaning in that direction. She's saying like explore life and, and don't be so like yeah. church, uh, what is that called? Suppressed, you know? And um they I could don't tell think she that. was saying get your dick wet, but it's open to interpretation. I it think is. that's what happened. You said, Oh, this permission to do everything. <laughs> everything. No, not everything, but but I could tell like she was like cause she I think she was saying it like I like almost like kind of making an assumption and maybe her assumption was correct, but still assumption that like I might be kind of like square. You know, and she was kind of like saying, it's okay to step out the box. It's okay to do some things and make some mistakes, you know, and do some things you might regret. That's okay. Like, go out and have fun. Don't be like, so, uh, what is it called? Obsessed with it, you know, or paranoid with trying to be perfect or good or, you know. Have you seen Encanto? <laughs> what? Which? What? Have you what? seen Encanto? The Disney movie. Oh, no. Not what you're saying it like that. Ain't it Encanto? That's what I, Encanto is what I 
but I don't. <laughs> but you know, I I don't know. So y'all gonna do? Live in LA, sorry. Y'all gonna? And I'm in Texas. Y'all gonna do me? Okay. I would just, cool. but I don't know because I don't speak Spanish. But I don't. My brain. I don't want to take somebody else's accent, knowing that I don't speak Spanish. My brain said, <laughs> but it's gonna be in Kanto. I don't. Many people told me like, don't pronounce it quesadilla. Like that's not a thing. Like don't do it. <laughs> so I was like, okay, like I got it. Don't. Well, do why that. would you quesadilla? <laughs> but that, but like you know, okay, you know, there are people out there who order Mexican food, and you're like, why are you pronouncing it? Like that? Yeah jackass <laughs> i don't want to take the disney movie and well either way it's a good encanto <laughs> no i haven't seen it yet it's a good movie it's speaking on what you just said changed my life <laughs> i just watched it yesterday <laughs> i watched it right before we recorded this and wept for 30 minutes it's fine wept uh, okay but so how did how did you get how, yeah how did you find this week Right. So I'm with some friends that um, obviously are turn up people. Right. So they they and I don't know. I always gravitate toward this group of people. So it was probably destined for me. Um, but um, so uh, one of our friends is from Rhode Island. She was like, for the weekend, let's go back to Rhode Island um, and like just like kind of have a good time. You know, I can show you all like around my city and like y'all can meet my mom. And like the kind of, you know, those those summer camp friendships and bonds that you make or those short time bonds that you make with friends, like you you really start to feel like a like family. you're making a new family. Yeah. So when she was like, come meet my family, come, you know, meet my mom, my dad and my grandma and all this shit and her brother who was already, you know, FaceTiming her. And so when we was like, oh, yeah, we got to go see this little wild nigga. Like, yeah. so um, we all get on a train from Boston and that was another fun experience, you know, riding a train because in on the East Coast, I mean, on the West Coast, we don't really ride trains like that, like how they do on the, uh, you could live in like Baltimore and like train to DC every day, you know, or live in New York and train to Philly or some shit like that. So um, uh, riding a train for the first time was fun, like across state lines and shit. Um, and then I'm like, how old was I like 16? And living in another state by myself, traveling to other states out of that state, you know, that was just a very fun college-like feeling experience. You got to feel like you were an adult, like right. And so um, we went to Rhode Island. Um, Rhode Island is beautiful. It looks like. Um, have you ever seen like a cartoon Superman? Mm-hmm. Superman cartoon. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Metropolis, how it's like, just looks really clean. Yeah. It looks like that. It looks very picturesque. Like it looks like Metropolis. And so, uh, but it's crazy because like, as you're looking at the sky, you're like, damn, I could see like Superman flying right there and just being like, and we, us all being like, it's a bird. Oh, you know, like it really felt like that. It really does look like that. But okay, wait, I want to look at, you look outside the train already when you were having this experience. No, no, this is sober <laughs> me. This is sober me. Right. And you look outside the train station and there is a obvious stereotypical pimp and his um, uh, gender questionable uh, prostitute right there playing his day. Hmm. So you've got this beautiful, <laughs> picturesque city <laughs> and, I was then tripping a, out. and a gender fluid prostitute. I like it. I was tripping out. It was very like um, something like if you are a writer and you write fiction and you like looking for something to go to fucking Rhode Island. 
And they talk like they say um, that's where like uh, the area where they say um, you's going to the store. What are you's doing? Mm-mm. Don't put an S on that. It's so like funny to hear them say it because they say it the way it's supposed to be said, you know, and it sounds regular coming out of their mouth, even though you're like, what did you just say? <laughs> but um, so we took a train to that area, um, but we went downtown one night. Um, and they have these like little Viennas, like, uh, isn't that called a Vienna? Like in Italy, where it's like the city is on water. Yeah. So you ride the little boats around and shit. They had like one of those um, and like these uh, bonfire pits and like in the middle of them and shit. Like that was like really fucking cool. Um, really, really beautiful uh, city. My The girl that lived there scored some weed. We were like walking around downtown. We walked into like this like little like what looked like i guess like a place where you could like rent uh lisa's lisa office space or something like that and we were just like sitting in the back of the office space they put pulled out a pipe it was like had a lot of orange hairs on it so it looked like some like dope ass really stank ass what is it, like haze maybe some haze now that i'm more familiar with weed back then i was just like damn that should look dope <laughs> And I, by that point, I was hyped about it. Um, it was like a first time experience. And I'm from L.A. Um, some of them were, you know, the girl, she was from Rhode Island. Another dude was from Atlanta and another one from Chicago. So it was something fun to do. New experience. Like I said, I'm really down for new experiences. Um, and then I also never looked at weed like I looked at those other drugs that my friends would sometimes experiment with. Um, I always looked at weed like it's natural maybe one day, but it's not for me, you know? The first time being high, walking back out of that like little area to like the downtown, like the more like the shopping centers and stuff like that, walking back down that way. I was like, hey, hey, y'all see that raccoon? It was like, Jordan, what you talking about? I was like, it's a raccoon right over there. It's following us, look at that, look, 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 look over there. And I don't remember now because it was so long ago and because I was faded. I don't remember if it was actually because it was woodsy, you know, like we were walking out of like a very tree and foresty area. I don't remember if I actually saw a raccoon, you know, and was like, damn, it's a raccoon. And then because I was high, I was saying it was like following us or something. But or if I was just faded and just saw a motherfucking raccoon myself, I don't know what it was, but. I do remember at a time and they, we used to joke about that, you know, years after that experience, they were like, nigga, you still out here smoking weed and seeing raccoons? I'm like, hell yeah, pass me that shit we had back then, nigga. I want to see some more raccoons following me. <laughs> and so no one else saw this raccoon? <laughs> they wasn't paying me no mind because they was just like laughing at me, you know, because this is my first time being hot. They they done smoked weed before. So they they just like, this nigga hate it. was the raccoon following you like pleasantly or was it like a raccoon is following me no you know a raccoon got them little mask on the bitch look like he about to rob you (laughs) (laughs) that's the kind of experience that i would have because i get in my my attitude is like my attitude is very like auntie sometimes i'm like the fuck is you doing fuck is this fucking raccoon over here keep following us and shit look at this little nigga I love this. Better get the fuck out of here with that. Even if you just saw a raccoon, the fact that you thought the raccoon was following y'all. 
They had an attitude about it. Like, this little motherfucker, I'm about to throw some shit at this nigga. Stop following us. Yeah, I remember that. First time getting high. So what happens after high school? What college did you go to? Um, so I took um shortly after that, came back. That was my junior year. Um, so oh, right before that, actually. And this is kind of like paramount, this this big switch to senior year for me. I went on a college tour. Now, remember, I grew up in this white neighborhood. And even before, even before I was in El Segundo, when I was homeschooled, we were a part of a, a part of a homeschool group. Mm-hmm. And the group was mainly white. So I've been around white people intimately all my life. I know these niggas well. So, um, and 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 that's what that's what this co- I went on a co- I was going on a college tour. I wanted to go explore some um, HBCUs. When I was like maybe twelve or something, I went to DC with my mom and um, walked on Howard's campus. So ever since that moment, I was like, oh, I want to go to Howard. I want to go to Howard. I want to go to Howard. I love the East Coast. You can t- you can tell the difference between LA, the West Coast, and the East Coast like this when you go there the black people that own businesses and that are entrepreneurialistic and that are like uh, involved in different levels of government and just like profit, like they just do well for themselves way different than black people over here. Um, And then you actually have a more, a a larger group of black people. So like you got people from the uh, the islands and you got people from Africa and like all these different what is that called? Nationalities of Black people. So um, that was really attractive to me coming from LA. And like I said, I like new experiences. I like different stuff. So I, I already had it premeditated in my mind. I'm going to Howard when I get ready. I'm definitely applying there, you know? And if I don't get in there, I'm going to be hot. Um, so I applied to some Cal States too and stuff like that. But um, I went on this college tour in my junior year. When I went on this college tour, remember, remember I said I was the fat kid that was always invited in any area. I was cool, but I didn't have girlfriends. Nobody wanted to date me. I was the funny kid. I wasn't really the, I was friends with all the girls too. So like, you can't be friends with the girls and then try and date one of them. Cause it's like you dating somebody in the group and nobody wants to date somebody in the group. All the girls want to date. Oh, have you seen Maxwell? Isn't he so like different? Like he's like, he hangs out with those skaters and stuff like that, you know, da, 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 da. like, so I wasn't somebody outside the group that they could even talk about. Oh, isn't he kind of cute? Da, 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 da. I was the person they were selling. Isn't he kind of cute? I'm like, no, nah, that nigga weird. <laughs> <laughs> and they like, damn, Jordan, hey, you're so mean. Hey, I'm like, yeah, hey, them niggas ain't getting no pussy. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> right. Hating. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I, I learned, I learned hate at a very early age because I was in the group, but not selected, you know? So, um, and so, and they would call me mean and like, he's an asshole, but he's funny. But at the same time, genuinely, I was nice. Like I, um, one of one of this, one of the girls that uh, was kind of like brought into our group, she was sitting by herself and I walked over there. And I was like, she's a black girl. I was like, Taylor, why are you over here by yourself? And she was like, I don't have nobody to sit with. And I was like, well, you can definitely always come and fucking sit with us. Like, I was like, I don't know why you don't have nobody to sit with. And that, she was like, she, I remember her being like so grateful, like, damn, like, you know, and to me, it was just like, you a black girl at this fucking white ass school. It's like four black kids that always hang out at this table right over here. Come sit with us. I'm sure you got something in common with us. And then she was cute too. So I was like, yeah, come sit with us. Shit. 
You should see her now. I mean, God Almighty. Whew, you can't tell me God ain't real and that he don't favor those over others because the girl is bad. I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> no, seriously. Like, I'll send you her Instagram. <laughs> still, she's still a baddie. You still. I'm saying, yeah, now. Now, to this day, Miss Livingston, Taylor Livingston. Yes. Look, we trying to bring people together. Taylor, if you're listening. Taylor, if you hear this. Taylor <laughs> Livingston. She's one of them baddies that knows, too. She's like, oh, he's so sweet. <laughs> I'm bad. But um, so I went on this college tour, and um, it was an HBCU college tour, so historically black colleges. We went to some in the South, and it was like a, maybe a week-long uh, trip. Um, we took, you know, fly in to like maybe some Southern state and then take a bus and come up, and we went to the East Coast, and Howard, Morgan State and Hampton were on that list. I knew I wanted to check out Hampton too because I had heard some really cool things about Hampton. Um, remember Stump the Yard came out like around that time. So I was ready to, I was like, oh, I'm gonna be a Kappa. Like, let's do this motherfucking shit. Look at me, like, let's go. <laughs> I was so ready to go to an HBCU. Um, and on that trip, I built this little cute little boyfriend-girlfriend relationship with this cute-ass girl. She's still fine as hell, too. I see her every now and then. Um, and I took Lord, her to prom. if you're listening, I want to age like Tommy's women of his past. Because it sounds like they've been blessed and highly favored. I see what you did for them, and I want it for myself. I do I do have a lot of beautiful friends. It's very, um, what is it called? A blessing and a curse. They're my friends. And a lot of them, like, I've built relationships with, like, sisters, you know, so can't ever date them, really. Um, and if we'll we ever... friends all the time. Go for it, Tommy. If we ever did sleep together, it would, like, really change the dynamics of our relationship. And so, like, yeah. I'm not... I'm, we're not there in that part this of my... probably I, the margarita talking, but I say, you know, the friendship. It's fine. I'm, Keep your friendships. Yeah, I'm still a virgin at this point in my life anyway, so I wouldn't even know how to navigate that. And Wait, did you, what you say? You're still a virgin in your life? At that point in my life, yeah. Oh, at that oh I thought you meant right now. I was like, yeah, I was like, stop, wait stop the Stop the recording. <laughs> and we're going to have a chat. This this episode is now called 30-Year-Old Version. Yes. <laughs> no, this episode is now called Stop the Recording. You're going to get laid tonight. A step-by-step <laughs> oh, step plan. Let's yeah. get Tommy laid. Okay. We all so, got ADD. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, I'm, I'm not focused. So no, we was, I'm going on this HBCU tour. Yes. And um, I get this little boo or whatever. And, well, actually, it was like two girls liked me, right? And I knew about it because, you know, like you in a group, you on a group tour, it was like maybe like 30 of it, 30, 30 kids or so like that. So like you start to build these little cliques and then like, you know, word gets around real quick. We're staying in hotels. We're right next door to each other and shit like that. Um, so somebody like, hey, Jordan, you know, what's the name like you? Da, 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 da. And then it was like, but what's the name like you? These two girls, one of them's from North California, one from Southern California. So NorCal and SoCal. And in middle school and high school, there's this like dumb made up beef like between North Cal and SoCal. So like SoCal be like, mm, North Cal, them niggas weird. They buff, they boof whatever and then vice versa right um so if the girl from two different 
spots like me. And it's like, Jordan, you got to choose, right? But at first, I was already kind of messing with the girl from NorCal. Like, I think I kissed her or some shit like that. But she fucked up. I, I don't know how to really, like, tell this part of the story because I don't want to bash women. Um, it's like it might be gender bashing, but she was becoming a woman and she didn't know, like, how to take care of herself. And she smelled like fish. And... I was sitting next to her on the bus one day and it was just like overwhelming. And then like everybody knew and people were like doing a little shade to her. Like, yeah. hmm. that's up. Yeah. Okay. And not knowing. She, I mean, I thought, I thought you were going to say she kissed somebody else. Yeah. Okay. I thought you were going to say. So, so I wasn't trying to be like, when I found out that the other girl liked me too, I wasn't just trying to be like, oh, well, she is cuter. So I'm going to stop talking to you. I'm going to just talk with her. But when she was smelling like that on the bus, like I did this. looking for a read. You like, okay, this is perfect. This is myself real quick from that. And um, but anyway, so the attention that was on me and me being like selected and being like the cute little light skinned boy with the curly hair, like that was a first time for me. And so I was really like changed by that experience like my confidence level, you know what I mean? And what I, how I viewed myself, I, I, I saw an attractiveness in myself now, you know, that white people never gave me. White people in that age group, they're growing up, like the black kids that they date are the tall, dark skinned, athlete, athletic uh, black guys, not the light skinned, curly, short, fat kid. Like we're not the pick. So I felt like the pick, I felt like, I was like, yeah, right. And I came back to El Segundo after a week of that. I came back to El Segundo and my friends did not like the confident me. Was he confident or was he cocky? You can tell us the truth. It could have been some cockiness, but the 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 fact is, and even if it was um, even if it was bad for a moment, it was healthy for my growth. It was healthy for me to break out of not being selected and it showed me that one you got to have some guy friends jordan because while i was on that trip i was hanging out with the guys so my homeboys was coming back and saying hey felicia told me that uh vani likes you yada 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 you know so i learned a lot and then when i came back i had another group of friends a confidence in that you know what i mean a confidence about where i wanted to go to college um about what i wanted to do with my life um and I was really popular on that trip. Like I made a strong impact on that trip. Um, so like I was confident about my social, you know, like life too. So I was like, I came back different and they didn't like that. And it was like, like you said, was it confident or cocky? And so that was a choice that you had to make by how you felt about yourself around me. They didn't go on a trip and get out of what I got to get out of. So they couldn't relate to it and they were almost offended by like, who the fuck he think he is now? He came back and he had a little Where did all this come from? And I and you know, you different when you got a little, you know, a little thing that's interested about you and she's calling you after school, like, and they like, who is he talking to? And I'm like, and I got her on my binder and shit. They like, who is this cute? And she cute. They like, who is, you know? um that was a big change in my life and so my friends actually stopped talking to me um the the group of friends that i was with um stopped talking to me this is how it happened this is how they did it they was looking for a moment because like that I, I could feel the i could feel 
like when they was like, mm, he really feeling himself like, or, and, and I think I started dressing a little different. That was that jerking era came in. So I started, you know, caring a little bit more about how I dressed and started dressing different. Um, we was, we, that group of friends, remember I told you those group of friends live over here in the hood with me. Right. So at that point in high school, I was taking the bus and coming back home. Cause I wasn't just about to go and wait at my aunt house, wait for my mom to get off work and come and pick me up. I could ride a bus now. So I'm riding the bus home with them. Um, after school, the bus don't come till like maybe later on three o'clock, right? We getting out at like 2.30 or maybe it was like an early release day or something. I went over in the theater room. I told them, I was like, I'm going over here to the theater room to practice with a performance that we got coming up, yada, yada, yada. I'll meet y'all outside the library at the bus stop at three. Um, it's like, uh, or no, at like 2.45 or whatever, like a little bit before. So we there for the bus because, you know, you can't really predict when the bus might get there early, might get there late, whatever. So I'm like 2.45, we going to meet up before. 2.45 gets here. I'm not looking at my phone and time and just, you know, practicing and stuff. Nobody calls me nothing. At 3.05, I see, you know, the time I call them. I'm like, oh, shit, I missed the bus. I'm running over there. I'm like, where y'all at? And they uh, laughing. I'm like, hey, where y'all at? Y'all, what's what's going on? Like, did did the bus come? Why y'all, why? And now I'm like, why did nobody call me? And they laughing. They like, they like, Jordan, like, what are you talking about? Like, why didn't you come? Like, they like, you know what time the bus get here? I'm like, bitch, where are you at? And she was like, bitch. I was like, no, she said, what did you say? What did you say? I said, and I knew when she, when she, when she said, what did you say? What she was talking about? I said, bitch, where are you at? And she took, like, she was like, you're not going to talk to me like that. Hung up the phone the next day. Wasn't talking to me. Um, uh, somebody called me that night and was like, yeah, Janelle's really upset about you calling her a bitch. And da, da, da. I'm like, nigga, y'all say bitch to each other all the fucking time. Like, she's mad because she knew she was wrong for some shit. And I called her out on it. Y'all on the fucking bus together laughing like it's funny that y'all fucking left me when y'all could have just said the bus came, nigga, why weren't you there? And just been like, you missed the bus, Jordan. Like, you know, but you don't got to fucking laugh at me. And I'm asking you questions. You're not answering me. You just laughing like you're fucking you're fucking with me. Like, and so I got a little upset and caught her on that shit. And she mad she trying to use that excuse to stop talking to me when y'all really wasn't fucking with me in the first place that's why y'all didn't call me at 245 because y'all not fucking with me like y'all already got something against me and i knew i, I could feel it so now when i'm like mm, no you a bitch for that shit that's fucked up we don't leave each other especially because we're the group of students that bust in and out together we ride together like and we gotta bust into the hood like nigga not that i'm scared to walk around in the hood but you gotta you gotta watch your back you know what i mean it's better if it's three of us walking home together and like y'all just acting phony now like so i was I, my feelings was hurt and i did Seems you like know you might still be hurt uh did you ever get an apology for that Yes, we grew way past that. I just get real passionate about my stories because I'll be feeling I know I know. And and that that was a big moment in my life because what happened was it separated me from that group in my junior year. And then I went away to Boston my junior summer experienced again what I experienced when I went away to the HBCU tour. And so when I got the opportunity to apply to this music magnet in L.A. that Omarion, Kyla Pratt, all these different dope ass performers uh, went to. So when I applied there and got in, they said we have one more spot left for a senior. I changed my high school my senior year. 
And I did not have any hesitation about it. My mom was like, you sure you're not just leaving because, you know, you're running away from that situation and you don't want to. And maybe and I like, am, but I'm running to much greener pastures. Bye. Yeah. I was like, mom, it's not that I'm running from it. It's just like, I'm not, it's not getting any better. We tried to talk about it. We disagree. Um, and I would, I would rather prepare myself at this music magnet program that I wish I would have known about earlier in my high school career um, so that I can be a music major when I go to college. So went with, you know, like nothing holding me back, you know. Mm -hmm. um, one of my friends from El Segundo that was with me in middle school and high school at El Segundo, she had left two years before and went to that school. So I knew somebody over there, um, another church family friend, uh, he was going there. So I had people that once I got there were like, I could go and find them at the lunchtime and like have somebody to sit with, you know. Um, and then luckily they were pretty popular people. So I got to meet a lot of people. Um, a lot of friends from that high school year be like, damn, Jordan, yeah, you were only there for a year. Cause like we, you know, like I got to meet a lot of people and build really cool, deep relationships with them. Um, and I remember certain moments in my high school, like that senior year, like us reaching back out to each other and them seeing that I was fine and have friends. Yeah. Um, I think it was, but I think it was after me leaving for college and coming back on Christmas break that me and the, the girl for, uh, that I called a bitch um, actually met up and talked it out. And I think she, we just expressed how we felt back then and said we missed each other. And, you know, that was something in our childhood that we can both say sorry for and move past. Love that. Love that. Yeah, um, and it's a it's preserved a friendship that has lasted now since middle school, you know, and one of my best friends, her mother passed last year and I was able to be there for her and um, sing at the funeral and um, she's doing well for herself. She lives in D.C. Um, she's a, like I said, the women in my life, like sisters, that's like I almost like my sister. She's a really great person. So we, we've been able to preserve a, a friendship after that incident. But at that time, I needed that separation. Yeah, it sounds and, good. and later on, I saw her get that same, that same transition after she uh, graduated and went to college. And I saw her start dressing different and viewing herself different, you know, little Instagram poses and the angles and the shit. And now you feeling yourself like, and now you, know now you understand, feeling. now you understand. And so I think that's that college time. That's what, that's what made that um, reunion uh, possible because she was feeling, she viewed herself different. So now she could look at me and not be so offended maybe or turned off, you know. Um, I still yeah. don't know that I know what college you went to. Not at all. I okay. Say, <laughs> I didn't say what I pitched yet. I'm, I'm leaving the suspense. So I did go on that college tour and saw a bunch of, I saw Lincoln. I saw Hampton. Hampton, they had a big ass lake and they said, if you walk around it with um, a person you dating, you'll end up married to them. Y'all live forever married. It was just like a lot of fun shit, but it was for black people. I love you. Where did you go to college? <laughs> Morgan State University. Thank you. <laughs> In Baltimore, Maryland. That's where I picked up this. Oh, that's why you said cute tears. <laughs> we were making fun of him the other night. He, Tommy was at the game night that I was at the other night. 
and he has a friend from Baltimore, and he says two tear. That's what it sounds like. like. One tear. Tear. And Tommy, Tommy does it as well. It's Go ahead. Two. Do it the right way. It's one, two, you do. See? Doesn't that sound like tear? tear? No. You're doing extras. You sound country, and I'm confused. <laughs> I thought it was a very country uh, accent, too, when I got there. Um, I thought it was a, 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 a mix of, like, New York mm, mm-hmm. and, like, Southern. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Definitely. 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 That's that East, that Philly, and they all sound like little country. Okay, so Morgan State, what did you major in? Music, piano, so um, classical piano. And I had to either choose to be in the band or the choir. I was in the choir. Um, Can you teach us to sing? We can't harmonize. You can harmonize. It's just whether we want to hear the harmonies that you're giving us. Wow, okay, okay. It's all about the the listener, because it's not- That was painful. Why? I thought that would be an encourager. No, because no, I just assumed like, nobody somebody, like the right person hear. could tune me, it would be okay. It's like, no, everybody can find the note. Nope. But what you're saying is everybody can do it. Some people are just going to always sound like trash. And mm-hmm. that is painful. That's what I heard, too. It, it was in, in a sweet way, but what kind of... I'm a teacher. Like, I can hear through all the other stuff. No one <laughs> no one wants to hear your harmonizing, basically. He hasn't even heard ours, but he's, he already said, don't nobody want to hear y'all. That's exactly, <laughs> that's exactly what I heard, too. That's exactly what I heard. <laughs> you're not wrong but still it no. was rude in a nice way but also it is staying because i know no. the music uh the music student in me says that no that was not a that was not a a, a jab at you i the comedian in me sees the value in that joke however <laughs> <laughs> the music student in me is really saying um like it doesn't really everybody wants to hear you well and it doesn't really matter um i um i can when i'm playing my piano i often just let myself do something random and something weird and different and it doesn't really matter if i would use that when i'm playing behind somebody and they sing in luther vandross or whatever you know some song that we know like i wouldn't just play this little weird cluster of notes but as I'm sitting at the piano and I'm studying sound and studying harmonies, um, there is something to learn behind just playing those cluster of notes and just listening to it. So even if you, you know, you you trying to do something that you you like, it's not it's not working. I'm not doing what I'm hearing, right? That's true, but that's not what you said. You said we can't harmonize. That's not true. You can harmonize. It's just whether anybody wants to listen to those harmonies. See, Tommy. that's the part. That's the you part. The last part. What we is just what, have said. You just repeated part. it. Long-winded style. Board your harmonies. And if you like them, you should play them all the time. I like everything but, that comes up. Biani. Well, then that's three. wonderful. All right. Three. We'll go do But that don't mean you can't yeah. harmonize. I just, you said you can't uh, harmonize. Those are harmonies. Uh, Those are harmonies. You're harmonizing. You're not singing a song. I need you to sing a note, though, because you're going, eh. Okay, okay. La, 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 la. <laughs> Y'all are singing like a fourth, and then you were singing an augmented fourth. Oh, and so somebody. So we were singing something, that. though. Those were That's real things. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Okay, okay. So it you is, is natural. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we're singing a fourth and an augmented fourth. And if anybody tries to say differently, we're going to be like, oh, our, 
extremely so, brilliant music major friend. Okay. Tommy. Mm-hmm. Thomas. Excuse me. I'm gonna Gordon, I'm gonna, if you know him from okay. back in the day. Okay. Our friend Thomas said that we are hitting a fourth and an augmented fourth, and you don't have so if you, you don't, don't have the ear like to hear it. that, that's on you. But some people might okay. I see. Okay. You were, you were just singing an, a fourth or augmented fourth. Now, next time you might not hit a you might hit a minor third or an augmented seventh. No, I'm gonna hit that thing uh, Tommy. It it's la la wait la yours is a little flatter uh, than la, la. Okay, match my pitch match my pitch okay la la <laughs> now y'all singing an octave now y'all singing the same note she said la you said la 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 that's the same note so that's what i'm saying if, if you're really talking to a musician you can't you have you seen those videos where people are like they're like, I love this lady. And they like playing the music behind it. And it sounds like they're singing those notes. Mm -hmm. Or 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 a video where they can't really sing, but they playing piano behind it. And it's sounding like, damn, why does that sound like good? Tommy, to me, everyone can sing because I sound like a cat being strangled. You know what I mean? Well, even a cat being strangled is a sound that can be harmonized and used. Okay, so what I'm hearing from you, young it. Thomas, okay. you done back to that. No, you done back to that. You, you have, and you have. And now you're saying that indeed we do sound like strangled cats and it's not an augmented fourth. And I don't know how to feel anymore. No, 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 no. What he's saying is some people like to listen to cats, cats being, being strangled. strangled. That sounds murderous. Do we want to talk Girl. about that? Girl. So we YouTube, have, somebody out YouTube there is going to like our sound. YouTube and Spotify is my witness. <laughs> okay, let's get back on track. Cause we about we are way we're all, we are. okay oh, okay so you finally we finally you finally let it loose uh you, you you let us know what what college you went to Morgan State did you end up pledging did you do any were were you just all about music or were you partying? I was all about music um a little too much about music and ended up dropping out in 2012 but it was because I was um. Morgan does not do a good job or did not do a good job of getting their music students through general ed courses in time for them to graduate on time. So they would load you up with all the music requirements that you need. Um, and then because you had to be in band or choir, that took up most of your extracurricular time that you had. Um, and it required you to travel. Um, so it didn't leave much time for you to be academically aggressive. And so, um, and it could put you around people that weren't academically aggressive. A lot of the music students were like seven year, eight year, you know, students and should have been graduating. Still paying tuition, I don't know if the college necessarily cares, like. Right. So um, I was getting caught up in that and was just like, mm. I think I'm gonna save my money, my out of state fucking tuition costs, because this was a state school and some of the people that I was going to school with paying less than 10 G's to go to school and my shit was like 22 a year. And so I was like, let me get out of this and started performing as Tommy J. Um, I started right, well, while I, those two years I was writing for people, you know, friends that I had that sang in the choir. I would write a song and be like, hey, you know, Come sing this song. This song sound, sounds like it would sound good on you. Um, and then, like, we would go to little open mics at the college and perform the music. And 
um, started making plans to do like a mixtape, stuff like that. But they weren't really as aggressive about the performance as I thought they should be, you know, and about recording it as I thought they should be. I was doing all like finding people to help us record, you know, studio space and stuff like that or producing on my own computer. Um, they wouldn't come in and do their vocals and shit like that. So it was like, how how passionate are you really about singing, you know, and being an artist? Um, and so that's when I started performing. Um, originally, I used my name, you know, just Jordan, right? I would show up at a karaoke or whatever. And then this company, they started this company, which before DoorDash and all these like delivery systems uh, was called Dash Snacks. And they had like convenience store items like 7-Eleven, but they were 24 hour delivery. Um, and so um, I was promoting the company. They gave me like t-shirts and like big banners and stuff like that. And I would go to these open mics where they had like people, poets and comedians and singers, rappers, dancers and stuff like that and promote. I would say, hey, y'all, my name is Jordash from Dash Snacks, and we are a 24-hour delivery, pretty much basically a 7-Eleven, and we're new. Um, this is our number. You call us, text us items that you want. We'll send you a, a cost for it. We'll come and drop it off, and it was like carry out. You know, like you order Chinese food, and you get there. They gave you the money. Boom. You know, you wanted some Rellos and especially in Baltimore because it was snow sometimes. So you don't want to go out in the snow. You just want to call it up or whatever. And after I introduced myself on the mic, I would sing a song. One song, I re-lyricked the lyrics. It was a CeeLo Green song. Um, and I re-lyricked the lyrics to talk about the service that we offer. Um, and so that was like something I would do like to open it up. And then I would just sing like some other song that they know like... Um, like uh, some Otis Redding or some shit like that. Just whip us out like three notes. Come on. Give us a little bit. You make the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. Just one touch. And I erupt like a volcano and cover you with my love. Baby girl, you make me say, mm-hmm. And I just can't think of anything else I'd rather do than to hear you say, say my name the way you do. When you do the things, you do the things you do, baby girl, you make me say. How talented my friends are. <laughs> I'm jealous of you all. <laughs> Damn, your face. You want to sing and I know I shouldn't, you know what I mean? But I'm about to have this baby. Well, I was going to say, I was like, it sounds like you sing panties right off. Immediately pregnant. Immediately. No, let's talk about children, though, because I have a I have a very, un, I guess, popular view on legacy and marriage and things like that. I would be down to have a kid with you. I think you'd be a dope mom. You're beautiful. You know how I think you're a gorgeous girl. But... Your kids would be so beautiful and talented. Diani, wait until I get pregnant and then you should get pregnant and then we'll be pregnant at the same time. We'll be like twins. But I don't look at marriage the same way. So because I want to have kids with somebody doesn't necessarily, to me, mean that I have to marry them as well or date them even. I feel like I can have a relationship with a mother and support that mother. And especially if we have a good, you know, chemistry and we like, like each other and love each other. This went um, to I a feel fuck like I can, boy place so fast. I was unprepared. 
I feel like I could have that relationship with somebody only because I want to have a lot of kids. And I don't think there's any woman that wants to have a bunch of kids, right? But you want to have a kid. And how long? There are women that want to have a lot. I mean, how how many do you want? I'm thinking like maybe like six, seven, eight. There are plenty of women in Texas who will happily birth you eight children. But they're not women driven like deep. Like, you know what I mean? I want. I don't know. I was like, they're like those. No, they're not. They're women that are like, oh, I would love to be mom at home and just like all about the kids in the house. And like my husband comes home to me every day. Like, no, I'm going to travel. I'm going to be in fucking Paris for like two weeks straight working. Like, I can't do that for you. But I can be a I can be a provider and I can be a real. Let's table this. This this could be an option for us. Okay, let's talk about it more. I'm not doing six, though. I could be one of your baby mamas. We'll think about it. See, I like that. <laughs> and my baby mamas would be so well taken care of. Like, I have a lot of questions. I have a lot of questions. If they could, if they could, if they could get along, we could all live together. Oh my, no, all of them have a lot of judgment. They could all have their own house. A lot of judgment They could have their own house on the state. Gone downhill very all... fast. No, we could all live beachside, beachside, or what is that called? Um, if it's not, if it's a, a lake, a I want to live off the Mediterranean. So like if like we all house? have a house off the Mediterranean mm-hmm. and like our kids can be family and be with each other and our we family can be Huh? Yeah. <laughs> a dynasty. Um okay. yes. yes, I do. So, That's yeah, I'm, I'm gonna for. keep doing what I'm doing in my life. But if things don't work out for me, and I don't you know, that sounds bad, but let's it's it'll be an well, option. The only reason and the only reason that I have that open or that, that I try to explore that with, you know, women that I meet is because my I, I have beautiful aunts that um, are still single to this day and they're in their 50s. Now, one aunt that the one that I lived with uh, lived with in El Segundo died at what, uh, 49, 50, oh maybe, and never, never had a real relationship, never had a long term relationship, never had kids. You know what I mean? The fact that she lived her whole life and never had that. If there's a possibility to have that with somebody that necessarily doesn't want to be married, though, but you get to have a kid, you know, this man is going to provide for you. He ain't no raggedy ass nigga. He's just not somebody that want to get married to you and or married at all. I don't want to be married. Towners, if you are a gorgeous woman who's driven and you want six kids, six to eight, six to eight children, email us. Eight is a lot. Oh, my God. Uh, Six is a lot. That is true. That is true. All right. So our first segment is called Runway Rewind. While I want to know what you were wearing in general in high school and college, when you made the switch and and you got fashiony store, like when it when it got into the when you found your swag, what were you wearing? Um. Okay. So I was always stylish, but I wasn't always. Or no, let me not say that. I was always following the, trying to follow whatever the current trend was, right? So I remember when Chucks were really popular and you used to put the sock underneath the lip of the Converse to make the the lip fat on your Converse. Um, I remember uh, that was very LA. So I guess that maybe- I was like, I don't know what's happening. I love that. So I was always I was always following trends and stuff like that. But I think when that jerking era hit, I started like 
kind of being more expressive myself in what I picked. So I liked uh, acid wash skinny jeans. I loved acid wash skinny jeans um, and stuff like this. I would wear something like this in high school, like a flannel over a t-shirt, like a big flannel over a small t-shirt and like a beanie, like kind of feeling like hippie vintage, you know, that's an LA thing too. Like LA kids love to shop vintage and like take pride in it. I always wore suits and stuff like Easter. I will always have a new suit. Um, my godfather is a really a dope fashionista. He always looking clean and always with the current like look. So like when men started wearing skinny suits again, wore the skinny suit and he wasn't like them old ass niggas that was still wearing them thick ass Steve Harvey suits and shit like that, you know, like, um, so, so I had a good influence on my like yeah. dress up life. I always had a nice tie in my closet. Some, you know, so I knew my neck size all my life. I know how to tie a tie all my life, but at school and stuff like swaggy, I think really like that, that time when I like separated from that group, when I went on a tour and started feeling myself more and yeah, I was a little older too. So I could like go to these like little vintage shops on my own, you know, take a bus and like, go with some friends or mom drop us off at the mall and we just shopping, you know, got a little money. I love it. <laughs> okay. So our next segment is called boot box. And we kind of dabbled in this, but what were you listening to in like high school, college? What were your jams? So mind you, remember I started smoking my junior summer, right? So coming back my senior year at that new school, and I wasn't like a big smoker now, but I had already, I had smoked now. So I had done it before. And um, there was a group of friends that I used to hang out with that would smoke and I would go with them sometimes and smoke after school or something like that. I think the music that we played like after school was like old 90s music. So like Busta Rhymes, like DMX, Trick Daddy, you know. Um, Those were our jams. This yeah, is hysterical. You know? This is hysterical. Um, but, but there's a certain music that Black people who smoke weed listen to, especially in LA, like Nate Dogg, Warren G., um, Snoop, you know, Ice Cube, NWA, like there's certain songs that are going to come on. Now, mind you, that was that time. And that was what the music that I was like, kind of like, like making playlists. And that would be like the music that was on there. A lot of R. Kelly, unfortunately. But because I came from church and because my mom is such a good music listener, I already was listening to great music. So I was a huge Stevie Wonder fan. This wasn't the music we were listening to, you know. But these were your influences. Like, right, right. I was already deep into Stevie Wonder, knew plenty of his music, um, deep into um, people. Well, I just gotten into Prince that uh, I think my junior year, um, who has the biggest influence on me musically and sometimes in my life. Um, but I uh, think like other artists that I was listening to, like gospel artists, like, you know, Yolanda Adams, Mary Mary. Um, and because I grew up in a really thick gospel legacy, I knew the history of gospel music. So I know Thomas Dorsey's and before the Mahalia Jackson's, who Mahalia was touring with, you know, she was touring with my pastor's dad. Like, oh, well, that's awesome. like I was smack in the middle of like gospel royalty. So like I knew the, 
foundation of it. I knew the origins of it. I know how it got from Africa to here and how we was leaving our, singing our masters, uh, our masters music and how we made it our own and how you can hear Africa in it. And I know all that. I know what a Negro spiritual is. And then when I went to college to the HBCU, I studied Negro spirituals and, you know, and classical music and understanding that rape of us and us showing our resilience and our beauty and our elegance and our education and how we molded and shaped the world. But so let's, let's rear all that back into what you were saying, music I was listening to. I was listening to every fucking thing. Um, and then, you know, my white side, you know, being around the white people, the Avril Lavigne's, the Paramore, the, the Panic at the Disco, you know, I had a great like, like span of music that I could listen to and enjoy. And because I'm a musician, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. I'm not just I'm not just listening to something because it's cool and because it's popular. And I wasn't into rap like that until Jay-Z Blueprint, I think three. It was the one with the red stripes on it, which is not a popular Jay-Z album. If you're a Jay-Z fan, you talk about Reasonable Doubt and Blueprint One, you know. Um, but I got into the unpopular Jay-Z, which shows how much of a hip hop fan I am not. Um, I love hip hop. I'm just not a fan. I can't say I'm a fan because then you got to know what you're talking about. And yeah, I, I, I like Wu-Tang. I'm still trying to understand the characters when I watch the show. I'm like, wait, so that's Method Man? Or no, that's Method Man. Who the fuck is Method Man on this episode? <laughs> Shanae and I, we, we both uh, were dance majors and grew up dancing. And so I do sure. think my music choices are very different from... It's eclectic. Yeah. I think my, I think my favorite people to listen to, my favorite like creative to listen to music with are dancers. You guys have such a like you said eclectic and unique selection of what you guys listen to to the point where you can go to a dance recital and be like just like do the soundtrack. Give, give me the sound, give me the list of songs that y'all use because damn. Yeah. Like and so um uh, you guys are familiar with Debbie Allen. You guys know she has a company out here. A lot of my friends are from that, uh, grew up in that Debbie Allen training. Yeah. Um, I was uh, calling my sister, one of my friends that from the one that was at uh, El Segundo with me and then went to Hamilton and then I went to Hamilton with her. Um, she was, I was at college. We watching the Super Bowl. I'm in the back in the other room, the living room, they're playing the Super Bowl, right? <laughs> And not only is it just the Super Bowl, it's the Super Bowl that the Ravens are playing. So I'm in Baltimore. This is a big deal. They're playing the Super Bowl in the living room. I'm in the back in the bedroom playing the uh, playing SoCal, playing the video games with uh, playing by myself, playing the video games. All my homeboys in the front room watching the game. Not interested. Halftime comes on. I know Beyonce's doing halftime that year. So I get my ass up and get in that motherfucking living room. Right. Because I'm ready for the show. And I'm looking at him like, Abriella, Abriella, I'm like, she's not answering. I'm leaving her messages like, why am I looking at you dancing right next to fucking okay. Beyonce? But like, you're calling her, she can't answer the phone. I just was in disbelief and, and just couldn't understand what was going on in front of my eyes. Like, I, I, I was like, thinking like, you would have told me, you know, like, you would have told me if you were dancing with Beyonce on the stage. Maybe like, she couldn't, though. Well, no, you know, when you're in college and things are just popping off and you're just taking on new experiences, you don't think to tell everybody in your fucking contact list. So if I was dancing next to Beyonce, you would know. And today so, is the first time we've met. 
Well, but I'm saying when you do this, like, um, like if I was playing for somebody, like I would be excited. Like people that I'm talking to on the regular would know, right? And everybody that I see that sees me, that would be the first thing coming out. But we were living. She was in Philly. I was in Baltimore. We weren't talking. She was in people college, I went to college. kindergarten with in Florida that I've ne- I don't know. There, I would find out a way. Y'all gonna learn today. Everybody. I didn't. Well. I, I just, from my own experience as a performer, I've done some things that I thought were really dope. And then some people, I tell them, like, you know, I did that before. And they're like, damn, for real? I'm like, told me. yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, one thing that I, I love to, uh, I guess, share with people that I'm really grateful for, the opportunity to, uh, was seeing in Carnegie Hall. And I have a picture of it in my um, living room because, and the picture is like, just like blurb and it's of, the it's not of me it's not me in it but it just reminds me of that moment and that opportunity you know like what a you did fucking the thing. unforgettable moment yeah that was crazy you know, man, i was singing french i didn't know what the fuck i was talking about i don't know what the fuck i'm saying right i'm sitting here we talked Today about this at the very french. beginning i was like i should i should Today know what a professional <laughs> She is bilingual. She speaks French. I should speak. Well, see, when you're singing it, though, too, because it was an opera, um, when you're singing it, it does kind of come off. You don't say it the same way when you're speaking as you do when you're singing it, even though the pronunciation might be similar. Like sometimes, you know, like when you drag out a word, even in English, it don't sound you don't say it the way you would say it if you were talking. So I sound like an idiot sometimes when I'm like, I do know a little French. They be like, you sound like a motherfucking idiot. <laughs> okay, so our next segment is called uh, Boomworthy Blurbs. Do you have, and you, I was like, you don't have to, but do you have a significant um, news item from like high school, college, like around that time? Like something that stands out to you? Uh, significant. Um, pledging underground. I didn't pledge any fraternities. Um, even the music ones like Find Me Alpha um, that are like international. That's Pavarotti's in Find Me Alpha, which is really nuts to be in the same musical organization as Pavarotti. But um, I did not pledge those. And um, but my my freshman and first semester in college, I pledged underground in one of the choir fraternities. Now the purpose of these frater- these fraternities in the choir were set up to build a certain standard of excellence for the choir as they travel. Nathan Mitchell Carter, who made Morgan State University Choir famous, um, he built the legacy that makes them the world traveling choir that they are. They travel out out the country every year. He's a founder of my organization, which is called Base Five, so the base section, right? And he gave like a certain like level of musical presentation that was a standard, right? He He's the choir director, he would set the standard. And then he had groups that would come in and they would do sectionals. So if the bass wasn't picking up the hallelujah chords fast enough, you come in outside of choir rehearsal and meet with the group. Okay. They increase your skills. You know, some of us come from different uh, levels, you know, skill levels. Some of us know how to read music. Some of us don't. 
you know, things like that. So you got to catch some people up so that as a unit, we sound good and we sound professional. And um, so I was a part of that experience and it was a real hazing experience. <laughs> um, I have some pretty uh, gory uh, stories of things that happened, fights that broke out and all kinds of things uh, from that experience that were just very much the stereotypical line process, okay. you know, okay. induction process of being hazed in a fraternity. Um, but it did, you could tell the difference between singers that were a part of that group and singers that didn't get even asked to be a part of that group. Gotcha. Um, we were all like music students growing up. Um, most of us had music training and we made, we secured the strength of the sound of the choir. So everybody else that wasn't as musically talented or musically skilled, they could follow somebody that knew the music. Cause that you come in the choir rehearsal and ain't nobody singing the notes. It's like, this ain't a choir rehearsal. <laughs> I love that. Amazing. It's called bass five. Bass five single. Oh, I love that. Okay. Uh, do you, you want to go with the last? Okay. So I, there are multiple hand motions that he's doing, guys. Uh, okay, so our last thing, Tommy, if you could give our listeners some life advice, explore history. Explore history. The more you, the more you explore history, um, the more you'll understand what you, what you want to believe. For a long time in my life. I wanted to believe in this American Christianity story, fairy tale. Um, and the more that I study history as opposed to religion or the Bible, um, I'm freed. I notice that I am empowered. I notice that I am even more loving. If you study history, like, Game of Thrones, <laughs> it's not real history, but they're trying to talk about the things that we experience in a human experience. People make up their own gods. People find their own righteousness, their own saviors, their own uh, vice to keep life going. Um, and and, and you, you see how many things we have now to keep us satisfied and keep us happy and keep us motivated in life. Those things didn't always exist. So this, those are where those dramatic stories come from. They needed some shit to keep them going. They needed something dramatic and real that you could write down. Something that was life-changing that you could read, you know? Um, and so the more I study history, the more I am freed from things that try and enslave me and try and oppress me. That's why I don't look at like how we were talking about marriage earlier. I don't look at it traditional way because I'm no longer I no longer hold myself to a standard that says you have to be married and that you have to be married to one person and that you have to be married at all and that this is the way that life is supposed to happen yeah. I'm no longer looking at life that way now I look at life like hmm, let's find out um you know and, and discuss it be honest with yourself and be be fair to be honorable you know you you know right from wrong so if Double timing and being with multiple women is two different things. You don't need to double time no woman. You don't need to gaslight her and make her believe that you're going to give her the things that you know she's expressed she wanted and you know your ass don't. 
and you sitting over here making up a fairy tale for her and then you know whole time reality is going to shatter her life and end up your ass going to end up with less too because usually these niggas that treat women like shit ain't shit and don't got shit going on so when they do them dirty they losing probably the best thing in their life and so yeah i don't i don't have to hold myself to a fake standard anymore but i also know how to you know manage myself and it's i think it's because i'm studying history i'm getting more interested in it i'm not saying i'm i know what happened i'm just saying i'm exploring what happened and, and what's written down what's documents that are older than the shit that people force down our mouths yeah. you know early on i love that. that i was like that's the first time we've gotten that life advice and i love it um thank you so much tommy thank this was you, tommy. this is amazing he was a lot of fun that was amazing like that was so fun hysterical He's, tommy is crazy this you're not wrong <laughs> but again you learn so many things you know because we met through other friends so I did not know that Jordan was his real name those are my favorite kind of facts to find out about people yeah. like oh I don't know you at all damn I had no idea I knew he was from LA but like you know when you're meeting people in social settings you don't there's some things you don't talk about. And so yeah. I, he's not one of my close friends, but I know him through friends. And so we hang out together, but- He's not, not one of your close friends, but y'all gonna have a baby. I like it. <laughs> Babies with strangers. It's gonna be a new show on TLC. I mean, there's Married at First Sight. I'm saying, this is great. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's pitch it. Paris I can write it. We're done. It. Okay, uh, next week's cocktail. Yes. I do have it. I'm actually ready. Mm, look at you. Uh, I don't have all of these ingredients. I'm a little pissed about that. I have like none of this, but it looked really good. Like the drink looked really good. So it's called the Frida Kahlo, uh, but it, it has med- mezcal. So I figured you'd be on board. I'm going to just get some tequila and then like set it, like, like set it on fire a little bit and then cap it. Okay. All right. Well, Frida Kahlo is ready. She's going to be tasty. I'm excited to have it. I'm still voting two thumbs up on this margarita. Absolutely. Yeah, we love Absolutely. it. Absolutely. You mentioned euphoria earlier, didn't you? That was definitely last week. Oh, well, I'm feeling it again. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, when she says last week, we recorded yesterday. So yeah, you got, we are not in, uh, we're in a different timeline right now just because yeah. of some stuff that has to happen. We're booked and busy. So, yeah. so we got a back to back some stuff. Well, y'all, thank you for sticking around for another round of mess with us. I guess that all that's left to say is until next time. Boom, baby. Hey. <laughs>